When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi folks, welcome to the Game Week 10 review episode of the 59th Minute FPL Podcast, which is brought to you by Fantasy Football Scouts. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Game Week 10 is thankfully over after a few good game weeks. FPL brought me crashing back to earth over the weekend with a game week rank of 8.9 million. Game Week 11 can't come soon enough. It's a Saturday deadline this week, 11am UK time, which is 90 minutes before Fulham versus Manchester United kicks off in the early game. There's no European action this week, but 10 Premier League sides do play in the EFL Cup on Wednesday night. It's a rare week off for the likes of Manchester City, Aston Villa and Brighton. In today's episodes, a quick review of how the troops performed, or should I say didn't perform. Check if there's any new members joining the 59th Minute Club. Update the watch list, highlight a few stats, answer listener questions and finish with an early look at captaincy and potential transfers. There's a few wildcard thoughts to be thrown in as well. There will be another episode on Friday after the pressers, so make sure you hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening for that one. A quick review of Game Week 10, I used two free transfers, sold Hyungmin Son, which didn't go very well, sold Bruno Fernandes, who blanked, brought in Salah for the captaincy, so he made a sweat, but at least he did get on the score sheet, also brought in Anthony Gordon, who disappointed, so overall, I think I ended up selling about, I think I would have broken roughly even on the transfers if I, if I had it went for Saka instead, which was originally the plan. But if I didn't get Salah, I probably would have captained someone else, maybe Watkins, so it probably would have been a blank. So overall, not terrible, given that Captain Salah did deliver, but obviously already miss owning Youngman's son. And he's a big reason why there is some wildcard temptation this week just to right a few wrongs, kind of reset, bring in a couple of players, probably a bit knee-jerk, players like Kingman's son, Brian and Bumo, maybe get Saka in as well ahead of his Game Week 12 fixture. I know he's, he's got Newcastle in Game Week 11. So I'm kind of wrestling in my mind this week. Um, do I wildcard or is it just knee-jerk? Is the team okay? The bench is pretty weak. You know, there's slight concerns over Gabriel now after he got another rest. So there's a lot going on here, but I did sleep on it Sunday nights and I'm going to give it a lot more thought throughout Monday. There is a small chance I activate the wildcard on Monday evening. I put a draft together. 
I'll talk you through it at the end of the episode, but there is 0.0 in the bank as there often is. So that's one for me to spend the rest of my day thinking about. But anyway, back to the Gimme 10 review. 52 points, the rank went from 220k to 541k, so quite a big drop in rank. But again, a bit of perspective in terms of ranks not mattering too much at this stage of the season. LiveFPL.net have a great feature where it shows you how far ahead and behind you are of certain positions. So I'm now 541k. But I am just one point from the top 500k. So that tells you one point in FPL is worth about 40,000 places. I'm six points behind 400k, 11 points behind 300k, 18 points behind 200k. So you're talking six, for every six or seven points, basically for every goal and maybe a bonus point, if one of your players scores seven points, you could be looking at a 100k rise. So it's still very, very bunched up. My kind of loose goal for the season is top 50k because I've managed quite a few of them in recent times. 39 points behind top 50k, which is very much achievable. Probably the scariest thing about looking at this is I'm looking up there, but when you look down, I'm at 541k and I'm only 14 points ahead of 1 million. So again, no matter where you are in the rankings, this is a good reminder that it's very bunched up. And it's going to be a topsy-turvy season. There's going to be... It could be the season of big red arrows and big green arrows. I think we're seeing that with a lot of managers already. This week, for example, people shot up a million places. Other managers dropped a million places. We've kind of got to get comfortable with that. Um, and again, that's why I'm weighing up if I wildcard this week. Is it just knee-jerk because I've had my worst game week of the season? Or is it justified because there's players I don't own that I would like to own? And, you know, things like the bench could be cleaned up as well. So, yeah, I'm going to try not think about that too much while I'm recording and leave that for after. Where did the points come from? Not that there was many. Matty Cash, good to see him lock in the clean sheet before Aston Villa conceded. Captain Salah got 16. Mr. Reliable James Madison with a six-pointer. Haaland was 16. That one actually hurt a bit because, as you'll know if you're listening all season, it was the auto-captain Haaland strategy for me going into the season. And I kind of adjusted that recently. Uh, and this was, pretty sure this was the first week I didn't captain Haaland. But again, the thought process before the game week, I was very much of the opinion that Mohamed Salah was the best captain for the game week in terms of fixtures and recent performances. And if I was back there again, I probably would have done the exact same thing. Haaland didn't get that much consideration for me when I think back to last week. I think Watkins was probably ahead of him in my mind for the armband this week. But good to see him in the goals and definitely captain for Bournemouth in game week 11. The blanks were for Johnston, Trippier with a zero. Gabriel didn't show up and I didn't have any defenders on the bench because I had Gusto and Bayer. So I do have defensive issues. And if I don't wildcard this week... Instead of rolling the transfer, I might be forced into a defensive transfer just to improve that area of the squad. Gordon blanked, disappointing. Bowen blanked as well, as did Julian Alvarez and Ollie Watkins. So yeah, the bench is Turner, Gusto, Bayer and Nakamba. We're getting towards the winter periods. Increased fixtures coming soon. That defence will not serve me well. So, you know, I only got 10 players on the pitch this week. And I want that to be the last time that that happens. So if I did make a transfer, I'm actually quite open to selling Gabriel in my scenario. Maybe for a Shimakas. But I'm um, talking about that later. 59th Minute Club. Very happy to announce that we have two new members join the club. Josh, Josh Cullen from Burnley. 
and Jeffrey Schlupp from Crystal Palace. Welcome to the club, lads. Grab a beer, go meet the others in the corner. Quite a nice little group there now. We're going to have to organise a nice Christmas night out for all of these guys. There was quite a few 57 and 58 minute appearances this season. So a lot of lucky people. Keep an eye on those clocks in game week 11. A watch list update now ahead of the next game week. Players removed. Dan Byrne. I've got Trippier. And it's got to a point now where I'm probably open to selling Trippier to unlock the funds it almost feels like a cash out take the points from the last few game weeks difficult fixtures and you know selling trap here obviously allows things like Youngman's son to come back in and be Kyle Saka so Dan Byrne is gone I'm not looking to double up on the Newcastle defence because of their fixtures I've also removed Udogi from Tottenham number one he's injured number two I prefer Pedro Porro if I'm going for a Tottenham fullback Pedro Neto is gone due to his injury. Very unfortunate. He was absolutely flying this season. He was flying when he picked up the injury, making one of his brilliant runs towards goal and just had to leave the ball behind because of that hamstring injury. Didn't look good. I expect that'll be a he'll be out for a wee while. So Neto's gone from the watch list. And I've also removed Raheem Sterling. Still an okay FPL pick. But I think when it comes to Chelsea attackers, Cole Palmer at 5 million. 2 million less than Sterling on penalties. Good underlying numbers. Seems like an absolute gift in FPL. Chelsea fixtures are not great. But again, another factor in wildcarding this week. I think Palmer would probably go into a wildcard because just he's a gift and he enables a lot of other things. Players added to the watch list. Two very, very cheap defenders that were on most wildcard teams last week. I've got Gusto and Bayer. Those positions need to be improved soon with transfers or a wildcard. Charlie Taylor at Burnley and Branthwaite at Everton. 3.9 and 4 million. Perfect bench picks for the winter period. It was typical FPL fashion when a lot of people wildcarded in game week 10. And Charlie Taylor scores his first goal. I think it was since 2015. So you wait eight years. Charlie Taylor waits eight years for a good chunk of FPL managers to play their wildcards. And then he says, right, thanks for including me, folks. I'm going to stick one in the back of the net. Branthwaite, nice and cheap in that decent Everton team as well I think he might have picked up a few bonus points obviously a lot of people got a nice slice of luck with the Gabriel bench and they got Taylor or Branthwaite off the bench which did not help my rank situation midfielders added this week I sold him last week he's straight back on the watch list Youngman's son eight goals for the season love the guy hate not owning the guy he was my route to Salah last week for the captaincy but I would like to have son back ASAP and that again is a wildcard consideration Sabosly I think is emerging as a very good FPL option at 7 million maybe if you can't afford Salah and you want a piece of the Liverpool attack or you want to add Sabosly alongside Salah for the good fixtures I think he's on one goal four assists for the season now just a fantastic player and getting lots and lots of Premier League minutes Phil Foden, pretty sure I removed him from the watch list last week, but as we'll see in the scout sex, scout stats section, that's a bit of a tongue twister, Foden's numbers were good against Manchester United, and he was on the score sheet as well. Now, I've got Alvarez, I've got Haaland, I still don't see myself tripling up with Foden, but I want to keep him in my thoughts among these other midfielders. I've also added Adingra from Brighton, a lot of wildcarders went there last week as well, nice cheap option of 5 million. 
I think he only got 70 minutes at the weekend, but I still think he's an okay option. I said it last week, Deserby's rotation does scare me when it comes to FPL. So for me, when it comes to something like Adingra versus Cole Palmer, now I know it's small sample size on Palmer, but to me, he is pretty secure at the moment in that Chelsea team. I actually can't get over how good he is uh, just on the eye test. I hadn't seen much of him when he was at Manchester City. Good to see a player like that now on the pitch and looking good. And the penalty factor, obviously, is a big one there as well. So I do prefer Palmer over Adingra, but Brighton do have the fixtures, so I will add him as well. And then finally, we have some forward options joining the watch list. In Ketia, after his very impressive hat-trick, he's attempting option at 5.5. Again, if I wildcarded, there would be some temptation there. Evan Ferguson, Welbeck's injured. Ferguson started. Ferguson scored. We know how good he is. Brighton have the fixtures. Calvert-Lewin at Everton. Looks like he's back to full fitness. Everton performing well. Calvert-Lewin probably on penalties on the score sheet. And I think he's only about 6 million in FPL. And Callum Wilson looks like Alexander Isak is going to be out until after the international break. So you've got possibly two fixtures there, at least for Callum Wilson, although one of them is Arsenal. So that is the players added. Taylor Branthwaite, Son Sabosli, Foden Adingra and Ketia Ferguson, Calvert-Lewin and Callum Wilson. On to the scouts. Why am I struggling with that today? The scout stats section. Defenders, first of all, Luca Dean, three chances created. Matty Cash, I still think, is the pick from the Aston Villa defence. But if you're short of cash, no pun intended there, short of funds, or maybe you want to even double up on the Aston Villa defence short term for fixtures, Luca Dean, three chances created at the weekend. No clean sheet, but there's always a chance of attacking returns there as well with Luca Dean. Cash himself and Trippier both created two chances. Not huge numbers, but you still like to see that from players that you own. In terms of midfielder numbers, Palmer and Sabosli both created four chances. So really healthy numbers there in terms of chance creation for those two. And there was three chances created by Martinelli, Ward-Prowse and Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise just keeps on doing it. An assist and two bonus points at the weekends. Mbumo, four shots in the box. Jared Bowen, four shots in the box. Phil Foden, four shots in the box. So it's a funny one. I own Bowen. I'm a bit downbeat on it after the weekend because he blanked. I don't own Bumo and I'm downbeat on that as well because he got the points. But both players, four shots in the box. But I think in Bumo, there's more avenues to points there. Set pieces, penalties and Brentford probably been a better attacking team so far this season than West Ham as well. So if I was wildcarding this week, I think Mbuma would come back in. I wouldn't be too worried about the fixtures, and Bowen probably would go. Foden, good numbers there, but again, don't see him forcing his way into my 11 just yet. Foden had three big chances against Manchester United. Mbuma had two big chances in that game, so should have really been a brace. Ollie Watkins and Julian Alvarez, two forwards, both created two chances. Pretty sure those are the two best forwards for chance created chances created so far this season. So they continue to tick along nicely in that department. Darwin Nunes, five shots in the box. Another tempting wildcard option if I go that route. Haaland and Wilson both had four shots in the box. 
and Inketia had three. Pretty sure one of his goals was a banger from outside the box. Then he had four shots in total in Kedia, three of them from inside the box. And finally, Erling Haaland, four big chances, captain for sure against Bournemouth. Those who don't own him will certainly need to head to a garden centre or something for that fixture. Callum Wilson, three big chances. So good numbers there for the Newcastle man as well. Before I get stuck into the listener questions, a quick Patreon plug. FPL content creation is my full-time job. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to support it and me, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get iTest podcasts, Thursday night live streams, Q&As, team reveals and more. Thank you to everyone who sent the questions in on Sunday night and Monday morning. First one is from Andrew Sands. Do you think we'll see a trend towards 3-4-3 in the coming weeks after so many cheaper forwards threw their hats in the ring over the weekend? So yeah, I think straight away what my notes say here is last week I had one forward on the watch list and there's been very few forwards on my watch list all season. It was Darwin Nunes last week and now there is five after those mentioned Ferguson, Inketia, Wilson and Calvert-Lewin and there's certainly some interesting options in there but I think all of them probably still have caveats. Ferguson, Deserbi rotation, Inketia, probably good for the short term. My worry then is 5.5 million. Where do you go later if he does become a bit of a rotation concern? You'll need extra cash. Callum Wilson, fine for now, but when Isak's back, there'll be rotation again. And Calvert-Lewin is a very hard player to trust in terms of fitness. So do I think there'll be a trend towards 3-4-3? I think quite a few people are probably already there. And it certainly does open the door a little bit more, those options, Darwin in particular, I think. But... I, again, I'm going to talk to you through a wildcard draft I put together today. I looked at 3-4-3s, I looked at 3-5-2s, and I still think there's so many good midfield options, especially around that 6.5 bracket with Mbumo, Diaby, Matoma. I'd like to fit one of those in if I was on a wildcard. Palmer, I think, is a very interesting option. So I think I probably would switch from 3-4-3 to 3-5-2. I would be open to losing Julian Alvarez now for a, a midfield pick instead doesn't feel great to do that before Bournemouth but again as you're listening and as I'm talking I feel like the more I talk about a wild card the more I'm tempted by it so it's going to be it's going to be a long Monday of head scratching to see if I actually activate that or not so 343 certainly viable more options which is good hopefully Ferguson and Katia Calvert-Lewin in particular hopefully they really do put their hand up hopefully Darwin gets more starts because it's nice to have a little bit of a decision to make on a 3-4-3 versus a 3-5-2 question from FPL crisis I feel like I am in FPL crisis mode today after that game week those without Haaland always knew game week 11 against Bournemouth could be anything to combat this is Salah the obvious alternative captain versus lowly Luton or can you try Alvarez captain and hope he matches or outscores Erling Haaland so this is a question geared towards those who sold Haaland recently or didn't go with him on a wild card who do you captain in game week 11 I think if you don't have him number one I would try and get him back if it's not too much surgery but it probably is tricky if you can't get him back or you want to stick the course play it out without him I think you captain Salah against Luton Uh, Alvarez is a fine captaincy candidate but even though he's been getting lots and lots of minutes this season, there's always slight fear there with Pep that he could bench him or he could get reduced minutes. You've got Salah against Luton, arguably the worst team in the league. 
that might be a bit harsh. There probably is a few teams performing worse than Luton. And Salah, Mr. Reliable, penalty taker. So, yeah, I think Salah's the best alternative to Haaland this week if you have him. But again, don't rule out, you know, going against your plan and getting Haaland back if you feel like it's something you need to do. Question from Shane FPL. Given that Palmer is on penalties and had an expected goal involvement of 1.0 in the last game, even with the bad fixtures, is he too cheap to ignore? He does feel like a gift. I I was out and about in Glasgow on Saturday afternoon. Uh, my wife and Sonny were at an event. I went for went for some food first. I was hungover, so I needed some foods. And then I went into a pub to watch the second half of Brentford Chelsea, which wasn't enjoyable as a having no players in the game. But it was it was forty five minutes of watching Chelsea, and I thought Cole Palmer was very very impressive. I think he's for such a young man, he's 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 taken up a big role in that team. Um, you know, for example, there was times where Nicholas Jackson wasn't making the right moves, and it was it was Palmer that was telling them what to do. And again, the expected goal involvement was good. Uh, lots of chances created, and we know he's got the penalty factor as well. Although they could share the penalties like Arsenal do. Uh, Pochettino has said that, but I think he expects Palmer to take the next one. So Palmer does feel like a gift. The fixtures are not great, but that doesn't bother me too much. Uh, one of the concerns with Chelsea is they have only scored 13 goals in 10 games, but their expected goal numbers are you know, suggest they should have scored a lot more. They've got an XG of 18.55, according to Fantasy Football Scout, which ranks 8th in the league. So not scoring as many as they should have. Um, so hopefully that does improve over the coming weeks, and we hope that Palmer is involved. And like I said, if you're someone like me, who doesn't have Saka at the moment, doesn't have Sun, and needs basically to free up funds at some point, then someone like Palmer is perfect. You plug him in, and I said recently that I wasn't ready to trust him in my starting eleven, but I think I am now, having caught some action of him over the weekend. And another good performance in terms of minutes and underlying statistics. Question from FPL Potter. Pedro Neto owner, 6.4 in the bank to, to buy a replacement. So who do I go for? Already have a Dingra. So Potter has 6.4 to spend. Others will have less because Neto is around 5.8 million. If you've got even more cash than Potter for a Neto replacement, or if you're looking, this kind of is a broad question on cheap midfielders. If you've got 6.7, you know, you've got Diaby there just off the back of another big performance and still has two good fixtures coming up. So I think Diaby probably is the pick. Again, a player I'd be very tempted to include on a wild card. It would be another close call between Diaby and Mbumo. Feels like Brian Mbumo's season, but fixtures a little bit tricky. But I feel like Brentford and Mbumo can trump any fixture, the way they play on the counter-attack and stuff like that towards the end of games. Diaby 6.7, Bumo 6.6, Matoma's still there at 6.5. So those three are kind of in their own price bracket. And given the way he's playing this season, I think I'm going to put Mbumo number one penalties over Diaby and then Matoma probably in third out of those three and then you've got the cheaper guys I've got Gordon I don't feel great about it after that Newcastle performance I thought Newcastle looked pretty tired and they've got a lot of injuries they've got suspensions so these players are going to have to play a lot of games all the cup games all the league games there's probably going to be more injuries because of that um, so I'm a little bit down on Newcastle after the weekend's performance against Wolves I watched that game 90 minutes and I didn't come away feeling great 
as a Trippier and Gordon owner. The fact that they both play Arsenal this week as well, again, is another reason pushing me towards the wildcard button. It feels like an okay time to jump off those guys and maybe go elsewhere. Palmer, we mentioned, he's right up there, I think, is one of the best picks here. You've got Huang at 5.5, having a smashing season. Incredible goal. If you haven't seen his goal, go watch it. That little drag back with his left foot. I still don't know how he done it. Uh, great goal, but I do slightly worry about what the netto injury does for the Wolves attack as a whole. He you know, carries you know, carries the ball so much into the final third, creates opportunities for others, so that's a slight concern there. And then you've got the man, Douglas Louise, 5.6 million, assistant to bonus, keeps sticking over very nicely. So there's lots of options here, but I think the best ones are probably Mbumo, Diaby, Palmer, and probably Douglas Louise at this stage. He just keeps doing it, and he's got the two short-term fixtures as well. But certainly my top three is probably Bumo, Diaby, Palmer. Uh, it might be a bit harsh to leave Matoma out of that, but again, I just do slightly... Deserby scares the life out of me in terms of rotation. Question from X-Timer. Took Mbumo out for Matoma. Should I start finding a way to buy him back or should I buy Diaby instead? So this is kind of related. You've got these three guys. You've got Matoma, Diaby, Mbumo. Three cracking players. Three great FPL picks. And there's going to be pain from game week to game week. So probably shouldn't try and chase it. If you miss it one week, you know, chances are you might get it the week after if you just stay patient. Was it a bad idea to take Mbumo out for Matoma? I don't think so. It was a it was a fixtures play because if you looked at Mbumo last week, he was he was running into Chelsea, West Ham, Liverpool, Arsenal. Logical sell if you're a fixtures manager, which most of us are. Matoma last week was going into Fulham, Everton, Sheffield United, Nottingham Forest. So those four Mbumo wins for sure on fixtures. But I just feel like do we overvalue fixtures sometimes and do we undervalue a player that has so many avenues to points? Bumo, corners, set pieces, penalties. Matoma doesn't have all of those things. And Bumo almost guaranteed 90 every week. Matoma has been getting a lot of 90s, but we know uh, Deserbi does like to change things. And then you've got Diaby. If you looked at it last week, Diaby was going into Luton, Forest, Fulham. Tottenham and Bournemouth so really good fixtures there as well so again it's 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 I think all season is going to be tricky in this 6.5 million midfield price bracket I think one of my mistakes this season was not going for the 6.5 million price bracket in game week one and I haven't really been there at any point I don't think I've owned any of these players Bumo, Matoma or Diaby because of the 3-4-3 and the way I'm set up now I've got a cheaper Anthony Gordon rather than these guys but I would probably rather own one of these over Gordon if I could manoeuvre it. Question from Chris Griffiths. What about Trippier out? He's got difficult fixtures and the funds can be used elsewhere. Yeah, that's on my mind after a zero-pointer and a jaded Newcastle performance against Wolves. The fixtures for Trippier and Newcastle are Arsenal, Bournemouth, Chelsea, Man United, Everton, Tottenham. Now, different people will look at this set of fixtures in different ways. For me, Arsenal's tricky. Bournemouth is great. Chelsea, not the easiest. Manchester United is probably fine. Everton, not the easiest at the moment. And then Tottenham, certainly not easy. So Newcastle's fixtures are tricky. And those reasons mentioned earlier, the short, you know, the lack of options because of injuries and the fact that all of these guys are not going to be able to get rests and the fixtures doesn't have me feeling fantastic about a Trippier Gordon double up at the moment. Question from just the answer to that question is can you sell Trippier? Yes, you can. I think that's been the case all along. No player is essential. He's been great, but maybe it is time to free up those funds now and go elsewhere. Question from FPL Shoreham What do we do with Gabriel? 
what a nightmare this guy has been. I've had him all season. Uh, got a little bit of good news on Friday night. He went up to 4.8 again, so we've got 0.1 back of the 0.3 that we've lost. And then fast forward a few hours, benched at the weekend. Now, I do think the benching is probably just a little bit of minutes management. There was some quotes from Arteta, more so about Odegaard, I think. Basically, they said they looked at the minutes of all the players recently and they felt that some of them needed a rest. So I think Odegaard and Gabriel had played the most minutes of any Arsenal player over the last nine or ten games, if you include international games as well. So if you're going to rest anyone, it's going to be against Sheffield United. They win 5-0 without Gabriel and Odegaard. I fully expect Gabriel back in against Newcastle. So I think long term, he's probably fine. The issue I have, and probably others as well, if we're slightly concerned about Gabriel, and if we don't have bench options, I don't want to go into another game week with 10 players. So if I don't wildcard this week, I'm open to doing Gabriel out just to make sure I get 11 players on the pitch. It's not a good fixture this week anyway for Gabriel against Newcastle. You're probably expecting them to concede there. So I think the advice with Gabriel is bench him against Newcastle if you can. If you've got a player on your bench that you can play, you probably play them this week if they've got a better fixture than Gabriel. And then you're hoping Gabriel's back in at home to Burnley in game week 12. So... If you've got a bench option, you keep him. If you're very short on bench options like I am, I think it's probably okay to sell him also. Question from Sebastian. Just on that previous question as well, I say it's okay to sell Gabriel. The other option is just bench Gabriel and sell one of your bench options like if you've got Gusto or Bayer like I do. You sell them, even for a Charlie Taylor or a Brantford. I don't know their fixtures off the top of my head, but if you've got a bit of cash in the bank, if you could go, for example... Uh, a, a rubbish bench pick to a Shimakis, play Shimakis, bench Gabriel, and then you've got four decent defenders going forward uh, rather than selling Gabriel, who could be a good long-term pick when the fixtures are good. Sebastian asks, looking for a new defender for the next four game weeks, below 5 million. So, like I said, Gabriel I think is still fine. Maybe Zinchenko at 4.9 might be the answer at Arsenal, but there's always some slight doubts over him as well. Tomiyasu can come in at any point. Shimakis, I think, is the best because back-to-back clean sheets, five of the next fixtures look good for Liverpool in terms of clean sheet potential. He's only 4.5. Take some corners. You've got Luka Dean. But Villa's fixtures do turn around game week 13, 14, 15. So might not be a long-term pick if you go for Luka Dean. Keep that in mind. And one to keep an eye on is Estupinen. We need Estupinen back for our defences. He's only 5 million, should be back soon, and we know Brighton have decent fixtures as well. So I think Shimakis is the obvious place to go if you're looking for a defender below 5 million. Question from Andy, is Vicario the best goalkeeper option going forwards? I think Vicario is the top scoring keeper in FPL, but he's 5.2, and I still like spending less than that on the goalkeeper position. For example... Look at Johnston at Crystal Palace. If you go Johnston instead of Vicario, you save 0.7, which is a lot of money these days in FPL. And there's only five points difference between Vicario and Johnston so far this season. And you can do other you know, comparisons there with some other options that are 4.5 or less. Another reason I don't like Vicario is I don't think he's in the top three. Tottenham picks. You've got Son, you've got Madison, you've got Porro. Uh, others could emerge later. You never know, a Brennan Johnson or something like that could become a very good option. So I think Vicario is fine, but I think save yourself about, about 0.7. Johnston is a good option now. He's just had Tottenham, but now he's got four or five, maybe even six decent fixtures in the next seven or eight games. So I'm a happy Johnston owner. If I was wildcarding, he might actually survive because I'm not too keen on Ariola. 
and if I can make it work, I'll probably spend a wee bit extra on the goalkeeper position. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Final question is a wildcard question from FPL Draft Duo. If you haven't played your wildcard, is gimmick 13 or 14 now the best time to do so for the next fixture swing? Or is Salah against Luton this week worth a wildcard? Draft Duo says, I've been spreading the cash, which has been matching slash bettering Salah in recent game weeks. Yeah, it's, you know, fixtures will very often dictate your wildcard plans and certainly around gaming 13 14 if you look at a fixture ticker there is a bit of a swing there as well but it's as always cliche content creator will say it is team dependent and you can play your wildcard whenever you want you don't have to play it when the masses are playing it you obviously didn't play it in gaming 8 or gaming 10 when a lot of people were doing it like I didn't either some others will now wait until gaming 19 or gaming 20 to do it but there will be weeks where you feel like it's right for your squad and often that is after a bad game week. Whether that's the right thing to do or not is questionable but I feel like this might be the right week for my squad. Um, I've had a bad game week. I feel like I'm missing a couple of key picks that are important this season. I think Mbimo is arguably the best pick in the game. There's Youngman's son who I just sold who I'd like to get back. Saka has to come in I think and give me 12 so you could do that a week early even though it's Newcastle. But again, that is a tired Newcastle team. So again, maybe I'm putting too much weight here on that Wolves performance. Maybe Newcastle will be absolutely fine by the time the weekend comes. But again, they've got a midweek game also. I think that might even be against Arsenal uh, or is it Manchester United? I think Newcastle certainly have a tricky EFL Cup game, which they'll probably go fairly strong for. In. So wild cards, 13-14 looks fine. If you want to hold it for later, if you can, it looks fine. If you think this week, or even give me 12, is the right time to do it, just do what feels right for your squad. There's never a right or wrong time for a wildcard activation. And like I said, I'm going to spend the rest of the day deciding whether this is the right week for my squad or not. I'll be looking at my team, I'll be looking at the fixtures, I'll be looking at numbers, I'll be watching highlights. There's a lot that goes into a wildcard decision. It's not. It's never straightforward. Moving on to captaincy now. I think captaincy is a straight shootout again. Haaland versus Salah. I think if you if you own Erling Haaland, you captain him at home to Bournemouth. If you don't own Erling Haaland and you have Salah, you captain Salah against Luton. I think it's that simple this week. One of the easier weeks for a captaincy decision. So Haaland will be my captain regardless of whether I wildcard or not. The boss team at the moment, so if I don't wildcard, it's looking like Johnston, which is fine. Trippier, Cash and Gabriel. So Trippier, difficult fixture against Arsenal. Cash is fine. Gabriel, difficult fixture if he plays. Salah, Madison, Gordon and Bowen in midfield. So Salah's fine. Madison's fine, even though it's Chelsea. Gordon, not feeling great about that against Arsenal. Jared Bowen, fine. I think it might be an Everton fixture. But... Do I prefer some others that I don't own? Yes. Haaland's fine. Alvarez is fine. Those two have Bournemouth at home. So it would be difficult to sell Alvarez before Bournemouth at home. But I would be getting probably a good alternative either 
in that position or an extra midfielder with a good fixture. And Ollie Watkins will survive a wildcard if I play it. So on paper, the team doesn't look too bad. I could just do something like Gabriel Deshimakis. And again, I'm not a million miles away from what the wildcard team would look like. Transfer thoughts. I'll cover the wildcard in a second. My notes here say the wildcard would basically be for Sun, Mbumo and Saka. Is that knee-jerk? It would also be improving the bench. Is game week 12 a better time to wildcard for my squad? If I look at the fixtures, possibly. The other option, roll a transfer, which is always an option. But again, yeah, I think it's... yeah. If I don't wildcard, the chances are I probably will roll a transfer. Uh, keep Gabriel, play him against Newcastle. But that doesn't feel great. So again, that's another reason maybe I do just wildcard to clean things up. And Gabriel Deshimakis is probably the obvious transfer because I can't rely on Gusto and Bayer. And I can't afford to go from Gusto to Bayer to Shimakas because I don't have any cash. So here is what I'm looking at. Monday morning, I put together a wildcard draft. I think it's always a good idea to sleep on a wildcard decision. I was tempted to activate it Sunday night, but I was too emotional after that game week. So I said, sleep on it at least, give it another 24 hours, and then you'll have a better idea. So Johnston would probably stay. And Turner will go to Strakosha just to free up 0.1. Defensively, Trippier would probably go to free up cash for midfielder. So it would be uh, Gabriel's in this draft, but whether I keep him or not is questionable. Gabriel, Cash, and Shimakas with Branthwaite and Taylor on the bench. So there's your two defensive spots on the bench, which improves Gusto and Bayer. Midfield would be something like Salah would stay. I think it would actually be four changes in midfield, which is quite a lot, because I don't think I own these other four at the moment. Salah, Son, Saka, Mbumo, and Palmer. So and there's you could actually maybe go for a different midfielder and plan a transfer for Saka next week. But I don't like doing that because problems occur and I'd rather just get the get the job done, get Saka in, and he's in there for the long term. So that sounds good. Salah, Son, Saka, Bumo, Palmer. Now fixtures for some of these guys are not great, but they are the best picks in the game some of the best picks in the game so I'm not going to get too hung up on fixtures then up front it's a 3-5-2 with Haaland and Watkins and it would be a 4.3 million forward someone like Osula or Mubama at West Ham so 0.0 in the bank for that draft very keen to hear some of your thoughts on that so if you're on Twitter or that um, just leave a comment under the leave a comment under the podcast tweet and let me know your thoughts are should I be wildcarding this week or should I not or should I just make one free transfer should I roll the transfer so I'm all over the place which is often the case after a bad game week but at the moment the wildcard is very very tempting and I think there's a chance I do activate it this evening so um, I'll, I'll post on Twitter if I do activate the wildcard so at least you'll know whether I've done it or not Thank you for taking the time to listen, folks. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you again on Friday afternoon. If you're not interested in the Patreon stuff, you can buy me a coffee instead at buymeacoffee.com forward slash FPL General. Anyone who buys me a coffee these days gets a link to my Discord where we discuss FPL 24-7 with patrons. Have a good week, folks. Enjoy the EFL Cup games if you're watching it, and I'll talk to you again on Friday. Podcast Network.